digital thinking is thinking about what your customer was doing in the past, will likely do next, and will find most interesting now. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hi, thanks for joining me on your break. I'm always looking for ways to get more sales easier. Turning your break into a coaching break is a great way for me to help you get more sales easier too. B2B sales have always been about the business of business. Companies need each other to build on each other's products and services. They know what they need. They act rationally to get it, right? We expect consumers to shop with their emotions, but business buyers to make decisions in the same business-like way they always have. Am I right? Or is it possible the internet has changed everything, including our prospects and our customers? The web has made it possible for the business-to-business purchasing decision tree to look like the consumer purchase path. And you know that path. It's the slow meandering path between thinking of something and finally buying it, where you periodically check in with others for validation and support and pause the process and sometimes go back a few steps every time you're not sure. It's the process all of us prefer when we're buying something. To sell to a B2B customer who buys like a consumer, we need to think like digital marketers. The best of them use a combination of digital strategies to reach and engage targeted users along the purchase path, like targeted advertising on websites to reach them on their favorite sites, search engine marketing to reach them when they're shopping, and social media to reach them when they're forming opinions. Digital marketers are betting those messages will appear relevant given where in the purchase path that user happens to be at that moment. To put that all into plain speak, to sell to a B2B customer, we have to be interesting in the digital sense of that word. Digital thinking says something is interesting when it's relevant. Relevance, which is in the mind of the beholder, is the driver to being interesting. Google has determined that online messages will appear relevant when they match up with the user's mindset, that is, yours and my mindset when we go online, which can best be described as four I want moments that drive all online behavior. I want to know. I want to go. I want to do. I want to buy. With relevance, the user pays attention to your message. When the marketer guesses wrong about where in the purchase path the customer is, for example, they thought the customer was ready to buy, but they're still narrowing down their choices. When that happens, the user ignores the ad that says, buy today and save. We learn that a better message, given that user's mindset, might have been five questions to ask when thinking about buying. Getting it wrong until you get it right 
is the art and science of digital marketing. Have you ever met digital media company leaders and industry thought leaders? I have. I guarantee you that you will learn a lot from each of them. They're all smart, and they're smart in a special way. I call their brand of smart digital thinking. Digital thinking is thinking about what your customer was doing in the past, will likely do next, and will find most interesting now. We need to apply that same art and science to selling so we can catch up to our customer who has already changed the way they buy. That's why I chose Selling in a Digital World as today's Coaching Break Topic. Today, we're going to talk about selling in the digital world, which requires digital thinking. And there are seven things that the leading digital marketers think about in order to reach more customers and make more sales. It's a big topic, so please pardon me if I go five minutes longer than our usual 15-minute goal. Let's begin our discussion with today's question. How can a salesperson make more sales by thinking digitally? The short answer is, Digital thinking makes the seller more effective by focusing them on empathy and ROI, return on investment. Let me explain. Empathy is how the seller guesses what is relevant to the buyer. ROI is how to measure the success of those guesses. The more empathy, the greater the ROI, which is what marketers, digital marketers, talk about all day long. That's why they keep improving their ROI. Sales is also all about empathy and ROI, yet we seldom actually talk about our own ROI. When was the last time you measured or attempted to measure your own ROI. Wouldn't it be great to know the ROI of one form of prospecting over another, or one form of meeting preparation over another? It's hard to measure ROI. Hardly anyone I know knows what their current ROI is. But for all of the psychological issues we discussed in the first three podcast coaching sessions, all of us would rather believe whatever we're doing works than to suspend our belief long enough to test other approaches, which might in fact work even better. Now, digital marketers are not locked into any one approach, including their own. They use data, not gut, to decide what to do next and test next. When I first began working in the digital media space and met digital marketing leaders, I realized their approach to empathy and ROI, which they apply to ad campaigns and growing their company, is also relevant to salespeople who need to improve their sales campaign, so to speak, and grow their territories. Digital marketing businesses reflect the thinking of the leaders. I learned digital thinking and continue to learn from these digital business leaders. Here are seven ways to think like them. I'll name the ways and then I'll explain each. Mission, problem, decisions, mistakes, order, test, network. Let me explain, beginning with mission. 
Digital media thought leaders are on a mission. They're helping someone. They're making something possible or easier, faster, better in some ways. They're addressing a new problem which has emerged in the constantly evolving digital media marketplace or our ever-evolving world. You can see and hear their mission in their passion, their energy, and their enthusiasm. It's a good way to think. Putting yourself on a mission, as opposed to thinking of your job as a job, is what makes work worth doing. In order to do that, you have to kickstart the process by putting yourself on a mission. People think that success will inspire you to go on a mission, but it's the other way around. I learned that lesson when I launched my business in the middle of the last recession. I needed to bring passion to every sales interaction, or the depressing environment would suffocate the sale. But you need more than enthusiasm. To be successful, you'll need to enter into a mental state where you're infinitely creative and relentless. That state requires you're on a mission. Otherwise, you'll give up and you'll not finally think of that new great idea. Digital thinking will help you with the relentless part. Our next podcast coaching session will address the infinitely creative part. Problem. This is number two. We are all motivated by the problems we're trying to solve. Now, digital thinkers restate their goals as problems, and as a result, they solve big problems with creative ideas. What problem are you trying to solve as a salesperson? You know, the key to finding solutions is to be open to seeing them in the first place. If you think what you're doing is fine as is, you may not be open to learning, which makes it harder to change and easier to never change, even if the world around you is changing. Most salespeople I talk to don't restate their sales goals the way digital marketers do. And if they did, they'd be asking themselves these questions. What problems are my prospects and customers thinking about right now? Apart from talking to me and other salespeople, where online does my customer go when looking to learn new ideas? How can I recognize where in the purchasing funnel my customer is? How can I help customers at each stage of that funnel? How can I get them to engage with me? How do I get more leads from more lead sources? How can I engage with more people, send out more proposals, and follow up with more people, given that I can't work more hours? Reframing your goals into problems you are trying to solve helps you prioritize and become a better time manager. All of a sudden, you will learn from everything you do and everyone you talk to. Digital thinking about the problem will lead to an important, complete rethinking of your communication strategy with your leads and prospects and customers. And now you have a new problem, more choices, more choices to look at, and more decisions to make, which gets us to number three, decisions. How do you make decisions? How do your customers make decisions? Do you know? That is what digital marketers think about the most. Here are four important things about how customers and you make purchase decisions. A. According to studies, half of the business customers don't even begin to talk to salespeople until they are 50 to 75% through 
their purchase journey. This should help you reinterpret why some customers never engage with your emails while others become inbound leads with fast sales cycles. It also explains why you get the answers you get and why the customer pauses just when you thought they were about to go ahead. B. The classic sales process doesn't match the current customer's buying journey. Our process leaves out the first part of the sale that happened. Our process leaves out the first part of the sale that happened prior to the seller talking to the customer. The classic sales process assumes that the buyer, once on the road of thinking about a problem, is only inches from acting to solve that problem, and all they need to push them over the edge is a proposal from you. This is why we're so surprised when they delay. C. Digital marketers are less surprised. They use technology to identify likely conversion conditions given the user's past click history. Each click defines the online path that user took and informs what ad they'll see next. Sellers need to do the equivalent via research and questions, that is, conduct social media research to learn who your customer is following, what are they learning? Who are they learning from? Ask customers more questions about their past purchasing patterns. For example, did you ever buy anything similar to what I'm selling? How did you do it last time? How long between thinking about the problem and buying a solution? Maybe not in that uh, those words, but uh, words to that effect. What took you so long to decide? If they knew they had a problem, why haven't they already bought a solution? D. We need to consider our own decision-making system when deciding the best way to sell someone. Is data or something else informing your decisions? We'd all agree data is obviously better, but people end up buying with their emotions and later rationalizing their decisions. This explains why we try something once and never repeat it if their first experience is unsuccessful. To be truly empathetic to your customer, you need to consider what decision considerations they are weighing. Number four, mistakes. Get to the mistake fast is famously how digital marketers work. They know that everything they do is well thought out, and yet most things don't work. They make a living getting people to click on links, engage with sites, download videos, and add to shopping carts and buy stuff. But statistically, most people don't click or visit or shop or buy. Meanwhile, salespeople are quick to believe something works and will repeat it forever. Getting to the mistake fast changes your feelings about mistakes. Most salespeople are afraid of making any mistake, but digital thinkers are fearless about mistakes because they are learning. The mistakes are an opportunity to learn. Each is a step in the right direction. Number five, order. That is, we all know we should optimize our performance, and we all want to scale our results, but which comes first? Which is the right order. First, let's define those two terms. Optimize is when you improve the way you do something, like uh, swinging a bat in an attempt to hit a home run. 
Can you hit one home run in 10 attempts? Optimizing that effort would improve your ratio from 1 in 10 to 1 in 9 or 1 in 8. Scaling is when you get more opportunities to hit home runs. Instead of only getting 10 attempts, find a way to get 20 attempts. This way, even if your ratio remains at 1 out of 10, you'll still hit more home runs. Digital thinking says always begin with scale. Why? Because digital thinking says most things don't happen most of the time, just like sales. For example, in a great digital campaign, one out of a thousand people click on an ad. Improving the rate to one out of 950 people requires limiting the attempts to people who start off being a little bit more likely to click in the first place. But if you only served ads to people you were sure would click, well, that would improve your click rate, but which puts money in your pocket, click rate or clicks? The same applies to selling. Finding a way to reduce the number of sales calls so that you only meet people who are likely to buy is a great way to improve your closing rate, but which puts money in your pocket? closes or closing rate. You'll make more money if you spend your time finding new lead sources so you could scale your leads and sales than limiting your lead sources to the few that buy at the highest rate. For both salespeople and digital marketers, the people who you reach out to today but don't engage with you, they don't click on your ads or reply to your emails, are your future sales. That list of potential future sales get smaller when you focus only on optimizing instead of scaling. Number six, test. Six out of 10 salespeople say that when they find something that works, they keep doing it. Meanwhile, to a digital marketer, everything works to some degree and everything would work better if you optimize it. They know the key to optimizing is testing many ideas, many of which won't work. Optimization is literally performed by finding, testing, and pruning away everything that doesn't work. So you reveal what does work. There's no talk of wasted time, mistakes, or failure. There's only talk of a comprehensive optimization process. Digital thinking is about focusing on the achieving of an outcome through improvement rather than merely measuring what you believe to be already working. Number seven, network. That is scale through networking. Here's a salesperson's idea of thinking out how to prospect. Hmm, what can I write that will get my target to pay attention? Here's digital thinking on the same subject. Who already knows the person I'm trying to reach? How can I work with that person in order to get to my target. Digital thinking led to the development of hundreds of online networks, each with thousands of websites. If you are trying to reach a particular kind of customer on only one website, your odds are significantly smaller than trying to find a particular kind of customer across thousands of sites. With this in mind, I have developed relationships over the years with people who know the people I'm trying to meet, mostly trade organizations and investors and consultants. Through them, I've developed leads and created new clients all over the world. This topic alone is so big, 
will focus on selling through third parties in a future lunch break coaching session. Let's summarize. We said that we can get more sales with digital thinking, which describes seven ways digital marketing professionals think and act to get more leads and sales in the online world. Those seven ideas boil down to this. Start with passion and empathy. Layer on a process of always improving and an ROI scorecard. Remove the emotional stigma attached to mistakes or failure. The process of optimizing sales is racing to find and test new mistakes, some of which, in fact, don't fail. Scaling sales results is a different process and most easily accomplished through networking with mutually interested third parties to reach new clients. Here are four actions you can take this week. One, rewrite and rehearse your elevator pitch with a renewed focus on passion and empathy. Two, ask every prospect about the details of the last time they made a decision to buy something like your product or service. Three, ask them what have they done so far about addressing their current challenges. If they've been working on this problem for a while, why haven't they bought yet? Four, remain open to learning by scheduling your next lunch break coaching session. Next week is episode six, jumpstarting your sales creativity. You will not want to miss it. I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Thanks for sharing your break with me. Please check out our training specials for individuals and teams on our website, dmtraining.net. Also, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Send an email or email to steve at dmtraining.net if I can help you and your team make more sales easier. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.